Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of No Percent Names Review Crew. This is episode 45 and I'll be your host for today, Kevin Gossett, the LA Reviews Editor. And today we have... Noah Nelson, publisher, podcast host, and I don't even know, what what, what even am I anymore? Well, all sorts of stuff, who knows? Um, it's going to be a, a just a, a two-hander today with, with Noah and I. We're going to be talking some fringe stuff. Hollywood Fringe! Uh, Hollywood Fringe Fest. It's, uh, it's kicking off this week, uh, stuff's in previews, so... Just gonna have have a quick chat there, um, and so no, we both saw one show last night, and we're gonna save that one. So I'm gonna yeah. let you talk about the one you saw on your own. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, even before we we do that, I just want to note, uh, you know, Hollywood Fringe will run uh, through the rest of this month. For those who don't know, who aren't in the LA area, uh, which is a good number of you, uh, every year <laughs> traditionally, right? What are years anymore? Every year, uh, the Hollywood Fringe Festival uh, pops up in June, traditionally. Uh, it is the largest fringe festival west of the Mississippi. If you don't know what a fringe festival is, I can't help you there. Um, it There's hundreds of shows that take place across the geographical region that is actual Hollywood. So the actual neighborhood in LA uh, that is that is. You know, I think it's like a, a square mile plus zone, a little bit more. Uh, dozens, scores even of theaters uh, all throughout the area, uh, all of and just just everything from burlesque shows and lots of solo shows to musicals. Most things being about you know, like you know an, an hour, you know, thirty minutes an hour. A few things that'll go longer. A few fulfilling shows. Uh, it's always a grab bag uh, for the past uh, better part of the past, you know, five, six years. There's been a pretty uh, decent, some years even robust immersive presence with a good number of LA's immersive theater companies uh, contributing stuff. And uh, this year, uh, a little bit different just because the, the, you know, it's, we're still coming out of the pandemic. And, uh, and so there's, there's fewer pieces that i think we would call uh, immersive immersive and the immer- the category that immersive is in in the fringe uh is now the immersive and interactive games category so there's game shows and stuff there as well so you got to kind of pick your way through it's also the kind of spot where you get a lot of people who are like throwing the i word around and and then producing a show that's like you know they break the fourth wall and that's all they do. And it's, everyone's it's so immersive. Yeah. When they break the fourth wall. Ooh, ooh. Um, this year, uh, among the shows we're tracking are uh, Mother Nature, which is from uh, Grayson Morris, uh, who's uh, comes from Asheville, North Carolina, but has been studying it here for a few years. And we were tracking Grayson's stuff. Uh, in the newsletter years ago uh, out in Asheville because she was like the only person making anything remotely. So we'll find out about, you know, like what what's what's Grayson's riff on Immersive. We'll find that out soon enough for ourselves. We're excited about that. Uh, Annie Lester's got a show uh, called Camp or something like that. Uh, lots of A's. That's why I said it that way. Um, and uh, then there's uh, Not Another Midsummer, which we'll be talking about. Uh, we tease that one. And then the one I caught, uh, this past weekend on our first day of previews from Last Call Theater, uh, Signals. Uh, and uh, Signals is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a chamber LARP is what it is. Um, this one is a riff on the uh, SCP, Secure, Contain, uh, Protect, 
uh, mythology that you find online. Uh, if you're not familiar with SCP, uh, I, I recommend looking up. Type in SCP Foundation into your browser and get ready for uh, a lovely amount of creepypasta slash uh, X-Files fanfic with the serial numbers filed off uh, to, to make your make its way to you. It's a crowdsourced uh, collaborative uh, storytelling experiment where uh, each short story that people have contributed is framed as a report about a cursed object or a uh, preternatural being. Um, is there, that's, that's the SCP or that's Signals? That's the SCP, which, which oh, okay. Signals is based itself off of. So gotcha. Signals, they've created a, a, a show uh, a, a LARPy, it, it really feels, it's most like an MMO come to life. So mm-hmm. um, they they took over two rooms at Thymeli Arts uh, in East Hollywood. Uh, and they have like 16 cast members. Um, yeah, that was what struck me. It was, it's a, it's a very large cast. Huge, uh, huge show. cast. 16 cast members. Uh, who are playing the bulk of them are playing uh, employees of the SCP foundation. And then uh, a handful of them, four of them are playing, uh, playing the SCPs themselves, playing the monsters. Uh, And there were about, I want to say close to 40 audience members, uh, all of whom were kind of subdivided into different groups. So, uh, who you started with, who you got your orientation from, was based on the lanyard you were you were holding. Uh, the lanyard you were holding was based off a personality quiz you did before the show, uh, and then you got your orientation, and then you were just released on your own recognizance. Um, at least, at least the orientation I got, we were not given a clear objective. <laughs> we were just told, "Now go out there and help the other people," and like boss them around because we were the admin group uh but we weren't we weren't given real character objectives so very much like an mmo you're given your character class uh you're given uh, a a playing field to play in you're given the loose scenario and then you just kind of went around and sort of physically clicked on things uh looking for something to do um there's a few things this has going right for it which is choosing the SCP as uh, a subject matter. Uh, I can't get enough SCP. Uh, neither could the folks at Remedy, which is why the video game Control is basically the SCP with the numbers filed off. Like it's really right, clearly inspired. Like, that sounded familiar. I was like, okay. oh yeah, no, Control ripped off. Like Remedy, oh, Remedy yeah. fully. Like and I think I think you're pretty open <laughs> about it, right? It's like, oh yeah, we love this. Here we go. Um, but that also, but that that game is also uh, a masterwork in tone. Like so, oh god, I freaking love Control. I still haven't beaten all the DLC, but like I, I need to do that. Um, and been one of them, or are you? Well, I have uh, altered, or I have AWE, I guess, which is is the other one. Oh yeah, 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 one. yeah. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I did one of. I think I've done one or most of the way through one. I forget how to play. It's not that I forget how to play. It's just like there's some specific things, you know. Like it's it's very intuitive. It's it's a great game. If you haven't played, it's a great. Game. It's a really hard game if if you've taken some time away from it. it yes, that You're is the thing. Asking. If you haven't taken time so, away from it, it's it's easy. But if you go away for a while and then come back, it is really hard. Um, but but what, one of the things about that game is is the tone, 
and is the way it uses the world of of uh, the Federal Bureau of Control, which is you know the, the proprietary version of the SCP, to give you these sort of Lynchian, Cronenbergian, uh, stark just just vibes, and and has this this off kilter sense of humor about it, and it's really just a masterwork in tone. And this uh, this can't do anything of that nature. Um, not that it needs to replicate the game. That isn't what they set out to do. But because they've got a, a, a MMO structure going on in a LARP format, it means that you wind up just kind of like at certain points queuing up behind other players waiting for your turn. For folks who went to Arcane, uh, this is exactly the kind of experience you wind up having, right? You know, like there's this character you need to talk to. There's three other people who need to talk to them. You got to wait your turn. You're standing around waiting your turn. Um, and while you're waiting your turn, it's not a lot of fun waiting your turn. Um, also, you know, you, so I guess oh, good. You, you mentioned that you bring up Arcane because Arcane, at least while you're waiting, it's like there's a lot to look at. Like the set was was pretty magnificent is there anything kind of like that in in this one or is it just kind of no i mean the like they're they're like? they're it's 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 a toss-up at at thymele you know like yeah. there's a lot of production design going on here uh they they they'd have to charge a lot more money if they did and that's that's sort of not the point i mean to, to boil it down and, and i don't want to i don't want to you know flog this too hard um because as a first draft experience as a as a fringe festival show there is a fair amount to recommend it in terms of there's some decent bones here, but there's too many characters. There's too many people. This would have been a lot better if it was half the size and half the time, because mm -hmm. by pr packing in 16 characters and 40 participants, what you do is you create a traffic jam. Um, I've been playing a lot of mini motor, uh, on, on, on my phone lately, which is this game where you like, you connect, you make roadways to get people to work. Uh, and what you find is that the more elements are there, the more you get these traffic snarls. And that's the perfect metaphor for this. They've packed so many people and they've packed so many things in and they haven't given them like really they haven't given the players really juicy motivations right it's really a sort of choose your own path like go go find some fun like i wound up having fun because i just instantly just sort of dropped off the boat and was like oh well i don't know what i'm supposed to do so i'm gonna go cause trouble and i caused trouble and it was great and that trouble did align with the objectives right like i didn't i didn't try to upend the game but i was just always making choices that led to hopefully more chaos uh, within the confines of what I was given, and that's a lot of fun for me. And BSing with with actors is always really fun for me. But it's a make my own fun type of fun, and I'm I'm happy to have the sandbox. But it was crowded. It took a long time to get anything done. Uh, it didn't feel like two hours, luckily, because at least there was enough to do. But then you're also you're in these kind of airless rooms at Thymeli with like 40 people and mm. you and and you know in another time and age it'd be like okay sure in this time and age it's like uh so you know so you know i'll i'll swab myself tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you just like uh, i don't know so um if if you've got a lot of covid uh anxiety 
uh, definitely not for you. If making your own fun isn't what you look for in immersive, not for you. Um, and if if the whole SCP thing doesn't ring your bell, then not for you. But if 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 you've got a high tolerance for things being loosey goosey, and you like make your own fun type sandbox C immersive experiences, um, you know, a, a normal year, a non COVID year, I'd be like, oh, oh, go get a ticket. This year, I'm a little like, oh, oh. I'd I, I'd love to see them tighten this up. Um, I think it'd be a lot better of an experience at half the size. Cool. And I mean, that's, that's pretty typical of fringe too, I think, right? They yeah. just kind of, it's, it's a mixed bag and like even shows themselves can be a mixed bag throughout in the middle. Like some words are fun. Some words are like, eh, it's fine. Oh yeah. Um, a show I think we thought was more than fine though was oh, yeah. uh, not another Midsummer from the Queen's Fools. The Queen's Fools. Yeah, um, everything you just said about Fringe almost like doesn't apply to this yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fringe a little loosey goosey, doesn't quite know what it wants to be. Uh, you know, like the acting kind of can be hit and miss. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like all and reverse, 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 reverse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Then we got this one. And I think, I mean, this one comes from the pedigree is, is strong in the LA theater scene. It's a lot of people from from JFI shows, from just people you recognize from any immersive thing you've probably seen here in the last few years. Um, and it was it was great. So I guess we should back up and explain it. So a, the premise of the show and why it's lightly immersive is it's this uh, theater troupe they're trying to put on uh, Midsummer Night's Dream in Hollywood, and half of their cast has gotten lost. They have no set. And uh, there's some dysfunction in the troupe as they try to get this on. So uh, it starts in a bar, and that's kind of like the the main immersive part where it's you kind of get to hear from the actors and talk to them, and they'll they'll drag you around and and kind of involve you in their drama and schemes. Um, and that was it was fun. So it it seemed like when it started off, it was it was a little too chaotic. It was like, is this gonna is this gonna work? And then as the cast slowly kind of moved people off that that main branch, it it really kind of was like, oh, this this is working. Um, I think we, you and I, commented to that effect as it was as it was going on. Oh yeah, it was like you could you could feel it uh, picking up and and doing what they wanted to do. Yeah, you you enter in through the side door of the three clubs, you know, uh, a well a well trod uh, Hollywood fringe venue and and the venue that had been home to you know JFI for you know the last six months uh, and you know, you're told, yeah, our cast isn't here yet. So just go get a drink. And then they load everybody in. And there was a lot of people like this was like a sold out preview at fringe, which is kind of unheard of. But then again, relatively big cast and a lot of, a lot of folks, a lot of friends and you're pretty popular group of kids. Um, and it was definitely a theater crowd. Like people were, were already warmed up when they walked in, it, it, you know, and, th- and this is going to kind of great for fringe in that way. And that, a fringe crowd is generally pretty warmed up, although they're playing on Wednesdays. So they're not going to be able to, you know, um, benefit from people having fringed all day and then come through this show and like be all in a warmed up, you know, position. So they're kind of in a, in a weird schedule uh, for the festival. But yeah, the, the, the troop kind of came in with like a burst of energy sort of announcing themselves and, and letting us all know that like, you know, things were already going wrong. And then they went about and like sort of kind of started preparing 
like right in front of us and there were actors recruiting people and auditioning them to fill in some roles uh, for this production of, of Midsummer because they had, you know, they'd lost their Theseus and they had lost their snug and they had lost their fairies uh, who are, you know, stuck in Yermo. And um, the, the raw chaos of it at first was just like mildly amusing, but then as time went on, you, you did get a sense of who these people were with each other. And then, Slightly through osmosis and then through a more um, a robust form, they they got us to go into the main space. A lot of folks, and myself included, helped like set up the chairs to create the the, the stage space. Like there was the, there was there wasn't even a stage, right? Like there was there was nothing when we came in. It's, a, it's like a theater in the round. Uh, yeah, yeah. Version of this. Yeah. You you mentioned how kind of they they pull people into the theater. I thought that was a really kind of elegant way that you didn't realize it was happening either um because i got pulled off for like a a scene with one character and then he like after that he just kind of dumped me back into the the theater where i hadn't where i'd been in the bar before it was like oh okay and everybody was like full and i was one of the last people to like kind of join up after the the sequence i had so it was really like there's some smart decisions even in that early stage it was like oh this this they do know what they're doing here huh. yeah and and one of the things that's really great about this piece is so they, they've chosen to do Midsummer, and, and uh, anyone who's going to a fringe, most anyone who's going to a fringe knows Midsummer is, is, is at least vaguely familiar with, with the basics of the show. Um, and because of that, they could just skimp on doing the play within the play. Like they could half-ass it if they want to, but they don't. Like there were times when I was watching this and granted it's a, it's a, cut down version i think the whole show it's billed at 90 minutes but it, it i think the show went a little closer to two hours mm-hmm. um which that, that that could run up biting in the ass slash the fact that they're on wednesdays may be good for them because they run a little long on on a day that fringe isn't packed packed they're going to be okay but on a packed packed day it could throw the whole schedule off um fringe is a delicate beast but they they did not skimp on doing the midsummer part of the show and they had these just these multiple layers going on so like everyone's playing parts in the show but also everyone's playing you know one of the performers in the troupe and there are little asides and like little offstage things that are going on while things are happening on stage and if you're if you're letting yourself be hyper aware of of your surroundings you're going to be able to pick up on stuff going in sort of the meta story and then the meta story does feed into the play itself and and back around and some of the actors are like you know they're they're drawing out really broad comedic characters but like distinctly broad comedic characters on on these different layers and it's it all just fires together in a way that is super satisfying like i i went in the show kind of low energy and i came out really revved up because of just how well it worked how well they were articulating the story of midsummer night's dream uh and uh, and so many of the clever choices and the way that the the meta layer of it commented on the play um also managed to sort of just just create joy in of itself, but also a, a little bit of poignancy uh, if you're a big theater nerd and and like theater about theater, which again makes this a perfect show for uh, 
a venue like the Hollywood Fringe. And yeah, because I wasn't like I was vaguely familiar with Midsummer Night's Dream as as a show, but I've never actually seen it performed. So it was it was too this kind of like the first time I'd seen it. it was like this is an interesting way. So I wasn't it would like pick up on some of the nuances of kind of like the doubling and things that you're talking about. But you could see how it was like the further I got into a Midsummer Night's Dream, the more I could see it kind of like some of the the drama that had played out before with the troupe was was factoring into the characters and the way they're trying to tell that story. So I think like you mentioned, the, the meta elements there are really like carefully written into like kind of how they how they did this and it's not anything like super complicated but it, it works really well and the actors are 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 really good i would say yeah what they're doing because there's a there's an element of like because they're like a amateur theater troupe there's a level of like quote-unquote bad acting among them too which i think is, is relatively hard to do i would guess from an actor's perspective and they pull it off really well um, and the, the dialogue and the updates to like the play that feels like they've tried to modernize it. It, it feels jokey, but it, it also works in service of kind of everything they're doing. And it was like, Oh, this is, yeah, it's like, this is, this is great. And I, the more it kind of went on, it was like, okay, this is, this is fun. Like, um, even when we got to the intermission where it kind of takes a break to, to go back to the, the troop and the, and the more immersive elements, it was like, Oh, I just want to, I want to see the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> Something happens and like they they force an intermission, and I was like, yeah, but I, but I was really into this midsummer. Like, don't <laughs> stop now. Um, and 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 to be clear for everybody, you know, the show, the show isn't immersive in the. This, this is not a JFI show. This is not theater macabre. You're not constantly going off on little side missions. You're not going through a bunch of tracks. The heart of it is this show within a show production of a Midsummer Night's Dream. Like the bulk of what you're watching is this production of Midsummer Night's Dream. This good fun production of a Midsummer Night's Dream and it's the the rapper layers. And there's there's some participatory theater stuff like a couple of people are tagged to come in and be be snug the joiner yeah, and, for, and someone for a few people it's incredibly immersive yeah for a few people like i mean to the degree where it's like the thing that people fear about immersive is like are you gonna like drag me on stage and make me do something yeah people get dragged on stage to do things in this one but they spend a fair amount like part of what's going on in the beginning section in the prologue where you know the 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 more traditional immersive stuff traditional immersive whatever that means uh is happening are there they're feeling out who might be good for that, right? Like they're making sure that they can they can find the people who are gonna who are gonna excel in those roles. And and they're doing it while they're, you know, laying down some seeds. Like there's there's a little moment that happens in the prologue that is just this exchange between two characters, which 90% of the people are gonna miss that completely pays off at the very end of the show. And I was so delighted by that, that the show rewards you for paying attention to the little exchanges between the characters when they're in free roam mode, that it pays off, you know, to use a gaming turn in the cutscenes is really great. And, and, you know, I'm curious as to how much of that is very careful planning and how much of that is the troop discovering and the troop just being super familiar with what works 
in an immersive scenario because of how much experience these performers have in doing this exact kind of work. Yeah. And I think that, I think it probably is a combination of all of those things. Cause yeah, some of the stuff I saw was not like, um, I saw kind of some of the vague scenes in the bar and then like, as people kind of passed me by, I didn't, I wasn't trying to like move around or free roam to like get a lot of stuff. Cause it was, it was a Monday night. It'd been a long day at work. It was just kind of like, I wanna, and it was packed. It'd be hard to move around anyway. So it was, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, kind of near the end, like one character pulled me off and like gave me like a full rundown of a bunch of stuff that paid off kind of before that intermission scene. And then through the end of the show, um, some of the stuff I saw. So it feels like they've, they've definitely threaded these things in to make sure people have the information to, to kind of pick up on, on what's going to be happening. Um, and I think the one maybe kind of like thing I have is if you don't follow some of the characters off of the intermission, you stay in the theater. I think you miss some of the like tying up of those storylines. They, they bring it all together, mm. but it's like, if you're, if you miss it, you kind of, it's like, something clearly happened between a bunch of these characters off like in the bar area. And I had just stayed at the theater area. So I think I felt like I missed a little something there, but I mean, that's pretty, pretty small quibble with the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I like you stayed inside the theater in large part because like it was a full house and I was like, I don't feel like going back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, the characters definitely seem to have advanced down their arc, but it didn't, it didn't get to me. Like I didn't, you know, like, and that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. A pretty small because they pay it off and like they kind of catch you up. Um, but it definitely feels like some beats. Like it's like okay, but I don't. know. That happens in immersive shows. It's like you, if you don't follow a character, you are on a different track. You, you got to kind of pick up on it. And the show does a good a, a job at like bringing that back in when all the characters come back into the play. Yeah. Also, it was a five minute intermission, and I was like, well, <laughs> you know, when when it's when it's that short, it's like you know, not not gonna run there. Um, the show, any, any, any other notes on the show or. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, if you're in LA, like I don't go check this one out. It definitely seems like not just a strong fringe show, but a strong show in, in general. Yeah. I mean, I've been going, I've been doing for the better part of 10 years, I've been going to Hollywood fringe and, and this is one of the strongest shows I've seen. And I've seen a lot of strong shows like, you know, for, for old fringe heads, you know, like. The, the kind of shows that, you know, Michael Fisher and Ali Miller uh, have both created uh, separately and together, like both before they were a couple and after they, they've been a couple, um, the kind of kind of stuff that uh, Four Clowns was doing way back in the day, the kind of work Capital W's, you know, done, uh, Lost Moon Radio, um, all of all of the, 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 not the DNA of those shows, but like that bar, that, that fringe bar of like, oh, wow this could be like this what's this doing at a fringe festival right like uh which is like the backhanded compliment of fringe uh that this show has but it, no but it, it's remarkably polished for like a fringe show right? seriously that's i think that's the thing that that shocked me the most was that this this is super polished like i if they tell me i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to the team later tonight actually uh, they'll be on the main podcast this week if they tell me they rehearsed for just six weeks, I am going to start screaming during the <laughs> the thing. Like, uh, which you know, look entirely possible, right? Most most theater gets about four to six weeks of rehearsal time. I think a lot of it comes down to these actors. This is a this is functionally a troupe already. Like these actors have worked with each other so many times before that they've got a lot of shorthand 
uh, and they can get themselves, uh, you know, into space. And and there's there's a whole level where by having the care, having the meta layer of like we're playing actors playing roles, by having the characters have you know a layer of relationships outside of the play that then also informs what the characters in the play are doing. Um, it, it just, it, it adds a lot, but it is something that could be really clunky in, in the hands of a group of people who aren't as comfortable playing with each other. And uh, this troupe is definitely comfortable playing with each other. And it kind of added, added bonus. I think for LA folks is these are some regulars in, in the, in the creep shows. Uh, I think the Willows, a bunch of these people have been in and to get them, see them playing something so different was a nice treat. Cause it's like, they're always like playing like a, like an unhinged type character, like someone who's like real spooky. And it's like, they're, they're getting to do their own thing here. And it's, it was fun to, fun to see these like regulars doing, doing something a little different. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like they're, they're super, like there's, there's folks in this who I've only ever seen be like silent, creepy clown, man, you know, and stuff like that. Or like, <laughs> like vicious frat boy, you know, who dies in an automobile accident and here they're playing a radically different kind of character. And I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> I think you commented at the beginning too. It was like, Oh, I didn't recognize her. Cause it's like, she's like a normal person. Ooh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. There's, there's, there's people here. It's like, Oh, like, is that you know and and it is um and and yeah um that was super articulate uh th- thank you for, for dealing with that one i don't want to i don't want to give certain things away like and also it will make sense to people who haven't gone to see a bunch of those shows but like you know, yeah, if yeah. You, like the people are playing outside uh, people are playing against the type they have often been cast as but they also have full access to the to those typing abilities so it's um it's it's just a lot of fun and also i think that if you don't have that that foreknowledge going in it's still just a lot of fun there's they're they're good actors just chewing up the scenery they're playing with us they're playing with you uh and their goal is to create joy for the audience and they do that and uh it's 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 just a blast it's a blast. Um, and I think, cause yeah, and I mean, we've been talking about this too. And it works on multiple levels. Cause I think even if you don't want to engage with any of the immersive stuff, the version of Midsummer Night's Dream they put on is, is fun to watch. Even if you're not from the show, like it was, if, if all you want to do is like hide and you're like, Oh no, they're acting at me. Uh, you know, you can, you can duck out and, and, and keep your head down and watch the show. And it's still just, it's still just a blast. Um, there's there are three dates remaining on this uh and it plays twice on those Two, yeah. days so the 15th 22nd and the 29th uh 6 30 and 9 p.m shows uh which you know if hopefully they'll 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 tighten themselves up a little bit or they're going to be exhausted because they'll only have a half hour between um and uh yeah it's uh it's 20 bucks so um definitely definitely worth a wednesday night uh, uh, yeah like two hours of theater for 20 bucks so. yeah not a bad deal. two hours a good theater for 20 bucks yeah not a bad deal yeah. at all all right so i think um 
we might hit a few more fringe things here if we if we can maybe we'll have another update uh, in a week or two but i think that that probably covers it for the uh the fringe previews that we we checked out yeah so. uh, before we let everyone go i just want to point out we're doing office hours in the discord this Monday the 13th at 4 p.m. It's going to happen over in the cafe section. There is an event in the Discord set up for that. Uh, the event's called Office Hours, What You Up To. Um, this is a great opportunity for folks to just connect with each other, swing on by, uh, find out what everyone's been up to, what you've been seeing, what you're working on. Um, a great time uh, if people want to pick any of our brains, uh, or at least pick my brain. Uh, I'm guaranteed to go. So far, I see two people interested. Uh, I'm trying to dig out who's interested in so many clicks. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a good run. Um, come on by. All right, and that's uh, that's it for today. So, um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, no presenting is a labor of love. Everyone, staff, for you current podcasts like this and read on the site. Our volunteers, you can support this work by donating to the No Presenting Patreon. Even 2 or $5 a month helps. And if you're enjoying uh, Review Crew or the main No Promo podcast, you can also support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Have a good one.